Amen. All right. Well, just uh, go ahead and be seated then, and we'll get started. <laughs> God's so good, isn't he? Amen. All right. I'm going to put my pages in the right order. So we are continuing talking about a spirit-led life. And last week, Pastor Mark um, started this series, and he really taught us that we are a spirit, that we have a soul, and we live in a body. And what a good analogy. It's our earth suit, right? And we need this earth suit. Not only do we need it, God needs it. Because God is reaching people as we go with the spirit of God in our earth suit to places. But we're not led by our soul or by our flesh. We're really led by the spirit of God. And so the spirit of God lives on the inside of us. And he's taking us places for him. And so Proverbs 20, 27, it's one of the scriptures that Pastor Mark shared with us. And we're going to read it out of the Amplified Version. And it says, the spirit of man, that factor in the human personality which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord searching all his innermost parts. And I really love that. It's the part of us that proceeds immediately from God. So we're created in his image and in his likeness. God's a three-part being. We're a three-part being. And so we are spirit, soul, and body, but it's the spirit part of us that God connects with. And he made it possible that he would always have a place to connect because it's really part of who we are. We're created in his likeness and in his image. And then when we read the Passion Translation of this same scripture, it says it this way. It says, the spirit God breathed into man is like a living lamp. I love that. A shining light searching into the innermost chamber of our being. A living lamp. So, you know, in the Old Testament, God dwelt in the temple. And when he dwelt there, he dwelt really in this box that contained his presence. And they moved him from place to place. But when they didn't move him, he was in one place only at one time. But now God lives in us. And we are the temple of God. Corinthians tells us that. We're the temple of God. And so not... Not any longer does God just live in one place. God moves from place to place, and he does it through us. So we are a living lamp. So not only does he speak to our spirit, and does he really enlighten us and bring us understanding and bring us counsel and wisdom through our spirit, but he actually shines through our spirit. So if he needs light in a dark place, he can just send one of us. And his presence goes into that place, and then his presence lights up the darkness. And you know there are places where he is sending us as his living lamp today. There are all kinds of places. So we need to have an awareness that we are his living lamp, and how we hear him, and how we listen to him, and how he leads us. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the inward witness the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. So we are his lamp. And I love this scripture too, Romans 8, 14 through 16, out of the New King James Version. It reads this way. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
God leads us by his spirit because we are his sons. And then it says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So he lives on the inside of us, and this scripture says he bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. So I was thinking about this, and, and to bear witness means this. It means to show that something exists or to prove it true. You know, the Holy Spirit, the fact that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us proves true that we are the children of God. It proves that fact. But then to bear witness also means this, to support or prove a claim or idea by one's physical presence. His physical presence also proves that we are the children of God. So he proves this truth that we're God's children by leading us by his spirit. And that's the number one way that he will lead us. He is a witness and we call him the inward witness because he lives on the inside of us, but he's a witness to what? Well, he's a witness of everything. <laughs> All of creation, the plan of God, the thoughts of God, the ideas of God, the character, the nature, the way God moves and the way God works. He's a witness to all of that because he's part of the Godhead. But not only that, he's a witness to our creation and to the reason why we were created and what God wants to do through us and what our individual life is supposed to look like, where we're supposed to go, what we're supposed to do, the decisions that we're supposed to make. He's a witness to those and he really brings insight to us as to how we're supposed to move and operate in this world, really bringing the presence of God into this world. So he is a witness and we know this about a witness too. A witness is one with first-hand knowledge. So he has first-hand knowledge of you because he was there at your creation. And we know that from Jeremiah that destiny precedes birth. And so your destiny was written out even before you were here and the Holy Spirit was witness to it. So there's so much that he is a witness to. So now he lives on the inside of us. And he is the inward witness and the Holy Spirit being our inward witness, that's the number one way that God will lead us. So if we need counsel, if we need wisdom, well, we're told in the word that the Holy Spirit helps us with those things. So we're going to look at John 14, 17 through 18. And you can go with me there. John 14, 17 through 18. And it says this. It says the spirit of truth. That's who he is. He'll always speak the truth. He'll always tell the truth. You never have to wonder if what the Holy Spirit is leading you into is true. He's the spirit of truth. And then it says, whom the world cannot receive or welcome or take into its heart because it does not see or know him or recognize him, but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and he will be in you. So Jesus was telling them about the role of the Holy Spirit, how he would work with people. He said, you're seeing how he works right now because I'm led constantly by the Holy Spirit. He said, you're seeing how he works, but pretty soon he's going to be in you. 
And then he says this, he says, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. And he was talking about in the form of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Well, then we skip over a chapter to John 15, 26 and 27. We're going to read a couple scripture here in the beginning, and then I'm going to share some stories with you. So John 15, 26 and 27, it says this, but when he, when the comforter and the amplified expounds on this, it says counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. And it's really talking about all the ways that he helps us. And it says, when he comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who comes and proceeds from the Father, he himself will testify regarding me. But you also will testify and be my witnesses, because you have been with me from the beginning. I love that. And then we skip over another chapter in John 16, 13 through 15. And it reads this way. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole, full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come. And the Amplified says, that will even happen in the future. I love that. The Holy Spirit doesn't just talk to us about the things that we need to know right now, the decisions that we're making right now. He leads us into the things that will really prosper us in our future, that will position us for our future. And so it goes on and it says this, it says, um, 14, he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, will take of the things that are mine and he will reveal, which means declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. And so as he works, he's always working to reveal things to us. And he does it in these three ways, to declare, to disclose, and to transmit. And so declare means to make something known by speaking. It's a voice. Have you ever really heard the Holy Spirit's voice? And it's not, you know, a voice from the outside. It's a voice from the inside. Sounds a lot like our own voice or our own thoughts, but it's him speaking to us. Well, he'll speak to us in a voice. And then he'll disclose. Disclose means to allow something to be seen or uncovered by showing. So he'll speak to us in a voice, he'll show us things, but then the third, to transmit, means to send or transfer from one to another. It's very simple, but it's a lot like what I did this week. I was in Louisiana, we were at a conference, and uh, so I needed a file, and so I texted Ashley in our office, and I said, can you send me this file? And so she did, and I mean like that, within seconds, it was all the way from Colorado to Louisiana. It was transmitted, and then I had the information that I needed, and I could know what I didn't know that was in that file. And he transmits things to us, and it's really like that. It's a knowing. So he can speak in a voice. He can uh, uh, show something or uncover something that we need to know, or we can have a knowing, a sensing from the inside. 
And these are ways that he communicates to us. Now, when he communicates to us, it will always be to protect us, to promote us, or to position us. And he's always working to do that, to protect us, to promote us, or to position us. So he's speaking to us. We just need to know how he speaks, and we need to recognize his voice when he speaks. So Romans 8.14, out of the Amplified. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I need to take a drink. I almost just choked. <laughs> for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, the voice translation says it this way. It says, if the Spirit of God is leading you, then take comfort in knowing that you are his children. And why? Because the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So we can count on that this is the way he's going to lead us. He's either going to speak to us in a voice, he's going to show something to us, or we're going to know something. So I'll tell you a story. When I was 17 years old, living in Rifle, Colorado, I was mopping the floor in my mom's house, and the Spirit of God spoke to me right there while I'm listening to music, mopping the floor. And he said, you'll go to Ramah and you'll marry a minister. And I was like, cool, that is so cool. Because I was seeking God at that time in my life about what I was going to do. And you know what? I was barely born again. And yet the Spirit of God spoke to my spirit. It was clear enough that I could look around and think, like, did that come from somewhere else? It was not my voice, but it was in the way I would talk, my voice on the inside of me, but it was with much more authority. And it was the Spirit of God. And I knew it. I knew it was Him. And so I went into the bathroom where my mom was cleaning, because it was Saturday. It was a cleaning day, right? And so I went in and I said, I'm going to go to Ramah. And she said, you are? What's Ramah? And I said, well, I don't completely know yet, but I'm going there. <laughs> and so then... Uh, and I said, and not only that, I'm going to marry a minister. I just knew it. I knew it. And even now, I just, I mean, it's like nobody could have told me that there was a different path for my life. And she was like, cool, because like we thought maybe you were going a different direction. So <laughs> we're really excited about that. So anyway, that was a time when I was seeking direction. And I was thinking in my head that I would get direction, but I kept thinking, somebody's going to tell me. Somebody's going to tell me. Somebody's going to prophesy to me, and they're going to tell me, this is what you're supposed to do. This is, what you'll, this is what God is saying to you. But you know what? It didn't come from the outside. It didn't come from a prophet or from a person prophesying. Because I have the Spirit of God living in me. And that's the number one way that he communicates to his children. And so we don't always have to seek out the voice of a prophet. Prophets are great, and prophets have a ministry. And in fact, the, the biggest part of the prophet's ministry happens in the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was really only on the prophet, priest, and king. He was not living in the general people. And so they were not led. If they wanted to hear the voice of God, they had to hear what the prophet was saying. But that's under the old covenant. We live under a new and better covenant. And we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And so when God wants to speak to us, the number one way that he does is by the inward witness. 
And it's a voice, or it's a showing, or it's a knowing. So God speaking to us should be something that we expect. We don't have to hear from a prophet to know direction for our life. And in fact, when we move from the old covenant into the new covenant, we always have to take everything and bring it through the blood and bring it through the cross. There are things that disappear that were a major part of the old covenant, like sacrifice. In the new covenant, it's the sacrifice of our heart to him. It's the sacrifice of our praise. We're a living sacrifice. We no longer slaughter bulls and goats on you know, the property, and we're super glad about that. So... <laughs> But <laughs> there's, there's something that changed from Old Covenant to New Covenant. Some things stay the same and some things are, are done away with. And we always have to bring it through the cross. Well, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us. So the ministry of a prophet is very important. But why would God take us backwards and would we have to seek a prophet to have direction? Why would he take us out of the new and living way into that way, right? Because that is still a way he can speak, but when the prophet speaks, it doesn't lead us in the same way. It actually confirms what the Holy Spirit is also saying to us, what he's already speaking to us. You know, when we were just in Louisiana, there was a prophecy read by um, Brother Kenneth Copeland, and it was given in uh, 2019, I think it was. And so he was, he was saying uh, about the years to come. And he said 2021 will be the year of the, the church. And we looked at each other and we went, wow, that's awesome. Because we never had to hear that prophecy by a prophet to know that that's what God was doing. God revealed it to our own heart. And when we did hear that prophecy, he confirmed it in our heart. Praise God. God's doing that. So we don't have to be led by prophecy. And in fact, in the New Testament, prophecy is to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. And that's what um, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 tells us. It says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. So praise God for prophecy. It has a place. In fact, with Timothy, he was told to take those prophecies and to wage a good warfare with them. Sometimes the prophet really speaks to us and helps us to align ourselves with the words that they give us. We begin, begin declaring them, and things happen because of what God revealed. But we should never direct our life based on the words of a prophet if they don't agree with what God's telling us, right? So, so there, there are some caveats there. So what about angels and visions and dreams? Does God lead that way? Oh yeah, he totally still leads that way. But a lot of times when we see angels and visions and dreams in the New Testament, we see this as an incident in a person's whole life. And we think it's really common because we see several instances and maybe even all in a row. And I believe that those kind of things will increase. But a lot of times we are seeing those things because God wanted to record to us that this is a way that he can move but it's not the number one way. The number one way that he moves is to speak to us in our spirit. And I want to read to you a quote out of Pastor Mark Brzee's book called The Guide on the Inside. He says, everything you need to know, plans, wisdom, counsel, direction, has already been downloaded in your spirit. God has not made it hard for you to find and follow his will. 
actually, he couldn't have made it any easier because he's already given us everything we need on the inside of us. The number one way that God will lead you is through an inward witness in your spirit where he lives. In fact, this is how God will lead you 99.999% of the time. Wow. And you know what? That's true. Somebody who's seeing angels and visions and dreams every day of their life, I would question. <laughs> okay? So anyway, though that is still a way that God can lead us, but it's not the everyday occurrence. And in fact, we shouldn't put more stock in those kind of things, thinking that they're more spiritual because it is totally supernatural to have the presence of God living on the inside of us. And he leads us every single day through every step we take, every decision we make. He is our constant counselor, the inward witness. I love that he is there. So it's just as supernatural as a dream, a prophet, or a vision. So Romans 8.14 out of the Passion Translation, it reads this way. It says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Spirit. Now, the mature children of God. And sometimes we think, oh man, that person saw an angel, like they're so spiritual. Actually, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Spirit. And maturity really comes and is shown by us being so sensitive to His Spirit that we obey Him at the hint of Him moving us. We don't have to have some big thing happen. It's the small voice that moves us, and we obey in an instant. So, let's see, Romans 8.14 out of the message. It reads this way. It says, the Spirit beckons us. There are things to do and places to go. I love that one. The Spirit beckons us. There are things to do and places to go. Now, we said we are a living lamp. And being a living lamp, we take God's presence everywhere we go. And so how wonderful that he's telling us, hey, I got places for you to go today. I got things for you to do because I want to bring light into darkness. I want to bring hope into hopelessness. I want to bring life into places that are dead. And I don't just want to do it for you. I want to do it through you to someone else. Oh, man, I love that. So we are carriers of the presence of God. And that's part of what it is in the New Testament to be a king and a priest unto our God. And Jonathan taught about that a couple weeks ago in a Sunday night service on righteousness. You should hear that message if you haven't. It's very good. So um, he goes where we go. He goes where we go. It's not a stationary presence of God. And so I kind of have this story about this. And it's, I brought this, this big beef stick salami summer sausage to really hope that this sticks in your mind, that it's the small things really in obeying God that lead to the big things, right? It's the small things that lead to the big things. So I was at City Market, and while I was there, I was shopping. We were having a guest minister in. It was Bruce and Cindy Black. And so we were having them in, and I um, cook for them a lot of times, and so I was getting stuff to make meals and to do things. 
And so I'm shopping and I'm doing stuff and I go by the deli and I see like one of these big summer sausages, this big salami. And I was like, uh, I need that. And so, and actually, like I kind of felt it on the inside, you should get that. So I put it in my basket, but then I started second guessing myself. And I'm like, why do I need that? It doesn't even go with my menu. It's not what I'm making. No, I'm going to go put that back. So then I went back to the deli, and I put it back. And then as I was going through the aisles, I thought, I sh you should get that summer sausage. <laughs> so I went back and got it. But then again, I put it back. And then I got it again. And so I thought, well, heck, if I'm going to get it, I'm just going to get everything to go with it. So, you know, charcuterie boards are really in right now. I just started getting all those things that would go with it. I got the cheese, and I got the olives, and the pickles, and the, all the stuff that would go with it. Because I thought, if I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm going to do it. So anyway, and I'm just, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me a lot that way. And I've learned it. I, it wasn't something I recognized right away. But he says to me oftentimes, like, you should. You should call that person. You should do this. You should sow this offering. You should do that. And so I started recognizing this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to me. So anyway, I get all of my groceries. I check out, and I'm going to my car. And I recognize this person sitting in their car in the parking lot, and his door is open. And I recognize him because he was in church on Sunday, he and his family. And uh, so... I passed by him. I wasn't, you know, really talking, but I had met him on Sunday. So I get in my car, and the Holy Spirit says, you should go talk to him. And I thought, oh, really? Because I don't know what I would say. So, <laughs> so I got in my car, and I drove away. And I couldn't even get a block away before I was coming back, because the Holy Spirit said, you should go talk to him. And so I did. So I got, I parked in the same spot. It was still there. And I got out of my car and I went over to where he was. And um, he said, he's, he's, I just introduced myself and I said, I saw you at church on Sunday. And he said, yes. He said, we really enjoyed the service. We are actually, and I knew that he was traveling through because I had talked to him on Sunday. He said, we actually lost our jobs. And he said, in California. And we are headed to east. He said, we are hoping to get new jobs, we're going to stay with some family, and we're believing God for our needs along the way. And it came to me, like, you should give him that big salami. <laughs> I am so not kidding. It's like, it, I had it in my car, and, and I thought, and I said, well, let's pray about your jobs and stuff. And I was really embarrassed to say, like, hey, I have a big salami I could give you, you know, I mean... <laughs> It's like the dumbest thing ever. And so, I, <laughs> so anyway, I just, I, when we got done praying, I just took a chance and I said, well, I have some groceries and things. I said, would it be a blessing to you if I, if I gave those to you? I'd really like to give them to you. And he said, well, actually, yes, it really would. And so we prayed together. I gave him gas money. I gave him groceries and God sent him on his way. And I believe that God met all of his needs. But one need that God met Right there in that moment, through me listening to put the salami in my basket, was God was able to tell him, I love you, I know where you are, and I am meeting your needs, and you can have faith in me, because not only will I meet you in the small things, I will meet you in the big things, right? So it's the small things that lead to the big things. And that day, I got to be a living lamp. 
I got to bring the presence of God into a place and help meet someone's need because God wanted to do that. But God can't do that if we don't obey him. So he would have used me or he would have used somebody else. I'm sure of it. He would have used someone, but I had the opportunity to now have this story of God meeting someone's needs, right? And, and being able to hear and to obey. So what was happening with me was reasoning. <laughs> I was reasoning it out. I was saying, like, should I get it? No, yes, no, yes, no. It doesn't make sense. Sometimes we don't obey God because it doesn't make sense to us. But God doesn't lead us through reasoning. He leads us through the voice on the inside. He leads us through a knowing on the inside. Or he leads us through showing us something on the inside. So God will lead us. And what if I would have done this? What if I would have said, you know, okay, God, if it's you, then three red cars will go by in a row. And I'll know. I'll obey if that happens. So basically it's a, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. Well, God doesn't work that way. In fact, we're only shown one time where God did that. He did it for Gideon. He put a fleece outside of his door because he wasn't sure if he was hearing the voice of God. And so he put a fleece outside of his door and he said, God, if you make the fleece wet, then I'll obey you. And the fleece was wet in the morning and the ground was dry. And then he said, no, now um, I'm still not sure. Let's reverse it. <laughs> Let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet. And God did it again. But do you know that was one time for one person? And that is not the way God normally leads. He did it one time for one person, but the way he leads us is by the Holy Spirit speaking to us. So we have to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I'll tell you this other story. So one time, Pastor Mark and I were flying. We were flying to a Bible school in Estonia where we were going to minister. So we went to Helsinki and we got on a different um, airline, which was a really small plane. And it was when they didn't even have like a, a guard between you and the pilot. So we were right behind the pilot. We were in that first seat. And so uh, my seat like felt really wittily. And so I like looked under my seat, you know, and when I looked under, <laughs> my seat was not just all the way bolted down. There was some bolts missing. And I thought, hmm, that's very strange. Well, if you've known me for five minutes, you know, then my mind started kicking in. And then I started going like, okay, if my seat's not bolted down, what else on this plane have they neglected? <laughs> what else could be wrong here? And so I just started like going over scenarios and fear came on me like a blanket. I mean, it was like fear all of a sudden. And so I said to my ever-wise husband, I said, is there a reason why we should not be on this flight? And he goes, I don't think so. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe you didn't notice, but my seat is not completely bolted down. <laughs> and he said, okay. And I said, so I'm kind of afraid right now. And he said, well, he said, God doesn't lead you by a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And if God wanted us to get off of this flight, then he would tell us in our spirit he, we wouldn't feel fear. And I went, well, I'm so glad that I talked to you about this and not someone else. <laughs> because 
uh, he had the wisdom from God. But you know, it's the truth. God does not lead by fear. He doesn't lead us by fear. And in fact, if we feel fear, it's not from him. In fact, sometimes we'll feel fear. Like when I went to talk to that man at his car, I didn't know what he was going to say. And my heart was beating fast and I was kind of afraid. But it was still God. And so sometimes we feel fear and we obey God anyway. So fear is not how God leads us. You know, um, I'll tell you this other story. One time, we, Tony Haskell and I uh, went to Argentina. We were uh, ministering at a Bible school there. And so we were there in Argentina, and we were eating our last day at this restaurant. And it's the, that um, Argentinian steakhouse where they come to your table with swords full of meat, right? Like some of our favorite places to eat. Lots of meat. And so... <laughs> They come to your table and they say, top sirloin, ma'am. And I was like, oh, yes, I'll have some of that. Uh, chicken, ma'am. And I was like, yes, I'll have some of that. Well, then he came with a, a sword and he said, glands, ma'am. And I said, what did you say? And he goes, glands, ma'am. Glands, like glands of an animal. And I went, oh, no, I don't want any of that. And so... I, Tony and I just laughed so hard. Like, she's got the best laugh in the world. And we just laughed so hard about that. We're like, glands? No, we're not going to have the glands, please. You know, and so we were laughing. So then I get home, and like about two weeks after my trip, my body just started feeling so weird. And I thought, what is wrong with me? Like, I need, I'm having heart palpitations, and things are happening, and I need to make an appointment with the doctor. And so I did. And then the Holy Spirit showed me a memory. He showed me this guy coming up to our table and saying, glands, ma'am. <laughs> and I went, what does that have to do with anything? And then it dawned on me, like maybe eating something has to do with the way I'm feeling. So I called my doctor's office and I said, can eating glands make me feel the way that I'm feeling? Okay, this is another dumb story, right? But my doctor said, you know what? It really could. He said, yes, it really could. And so he said, let's see if you feel better at the time till your appointment comes. If you, if you are feeling better and better, then we'll just cancel your appointment. Well, guess what? I was. And the Holy Spirit knew, and he was watching out for me so I didn't pay a lot of money and go through a lot of trouble. He knew exactly what was going on. I mean, it's the silliest thing but he's always watching out for us. He's always leading us in all of those things. You know, just saying, like, you should, you should buy that salami. Okay. <laughs> but see, when you obey in the little things, then it gets easier and easier to obey in the big things. So I remember the day that I was at someone's house, and the Lord said, you should give them your car. And I thought, wow. See, I knew it was his voice already. I knew it was the way he spoke to me. I knew it was the way that he communicated to me. And so I said, okay, I will. And so I did. And that family gave it to another family who was in desperate need of a vehicle. So it wasn't just me understanding and knowing that that family had a need. God was passing it down because of my obedience. I love that he can use us that way when we obey him. 
So when we obey in the small things, then it leads us to the big things. So I'm gonna talk last about how we develop a sensitive spirit. A spirit that is sensitive to hearing his voice. Now you know the scripture that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, number one thing that we can do to really uh, sharpen ourselves to listen to hear his voice and create a sensitive spirit within us is to receive the word of God and to read the word of God on a regular basis. We should not go long periods of time without reading the word of God. The word of God really contains the life of God. It has the DNA of God in it. You know that the word can't be separated from who he is. And so when we receive that word, it goes down onto the inside of us. And when it goes into the inside of us, that word does something. It produces something. The word is powerful. It's alive with power. So the word is important and we need the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we receive the word of God, we receive who he is, how he works, what he has done, and it gives us faith to believe him for that all over again. It builds us in faith. But not only does it build us in faith, it also causes us to be sensitive to hear. And he'll pull that word up time and time again. He'll lead us by his word by the Holy Spirit revealing that to us. So at times when our emotions are high or low, it's really important that we have the stable foundation of the word of God on the inside of us. That word will take us through and it will lead us to answers in our life. We need the word of God. And the word of God will keep us from being moved by emotion. God doesn't move us by emotion. He moves us by his spirit. And the mature sons of God are those who are listening to his spirit. So Proverbs 18, 14 tells us this. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? So it's important to have the word of God strengthening our spirit, renewing our mind. So we're not led by our mind but we're led by our spirit. And the second one is this, prayer. Prayer, make time for prayer. We know this, prayer is communication with God. And it is communication, but also prayer prepares a way for us to walk in before we get there. So prayer goes out ahead of us. And the Holy Spirit works by prayer. He prays things out. Remember when we just read that in John 15, that even future things the Holy Spirit will show? You know, when we pray, we pray out future things. We pray out uh, times and places for God in our lives. So we're told to pray without ceasing all throughout the word. And it's so awesome that we have his presence living in us. So as we pray without ceasing, he'll lead us in what to pray over and over. And if we're not knowing what to pray, then we just continue to pray and have that fellowship and communion with him. It'll strengthen us. And Here's something too, every time I have stepped out in a new thing that God wanted me to do, there has always been a whole season of prayer that surrounded that. And that season of prayer got me ready and it positioned me. See, we said God 
by the leading of the Holy Spirit, will uh, protect us. He'll position us. And uh, what's the other one? Prepare us? No. Promote us. He'll promote us. So he'll promote us. So prayer is a big part of that. All right. And the third one is this, to live a fasted life. To live a fasted life. You know, we got to be able to hear him in the small things. I'm remembering this one time, too. Mark and I were at the park. Mark was playing basketball. And so I was sitting watching, and I was watching this guy who was sitting at a picnic table. Nothing weird, wasn't even doing anything. I just saw him from across. And he was just sitting there. And so I just had this thought again. And the thought was, like, you guys should talk to him. And I thought, hmm, interesting. But I wasn't moving on it. And then we got into the car. Mark was done playing basketball. And when we got into the car, uh, I said to Mark, I said, I think you're supposed to go talk to him. <laughs> and he said, hmm, that's funny, because I was thinking the same thing. See, it was the Holy Spirit. So then we went and talked to him, and we you know, kind of just said the same thing. Like, is there something we can pray with you about? And he uh, actually said to us, he said, well, I came to the park today. He said, I've been sitting here waiting because I told God before I came, if you are really, really real, then send somebody who will help me understand. Send somebody who will help me to get what this God thing is all about. And so here we come, and we invited him back to our house. By the time that he left, he was born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. We had talked to him about all kinds of things that had happened in his life that he didn't understand, how God could be God if this happens, and, and how this could happen if, you know, all of those, those questions. And God ministered to his heart. And we knew him for several years until then he was gone and uh, just had this ongoing relationship about who, how good God is. I mean, what a wonderful thing. God wants to do that. But we're not sensitive to do things like that if we're distracted by a million other things. And so living a fasted life really means that we live a life where we're putting aside something so we can be filled with him. We're putting aside things that would distract us or that would keep us distracted so we can listen to him and be sensitive to him and be filled with him. And really living a fasted life means having an awareness that God is with me all the time and that I want to honor him and I want to move with him at the slightest impulse. And so we're living a fasted life, putting away other things so we can listen to him. So it's not an event of prayer and fasting. It's a lifestyle, a lifestyle where we're dedicating ourselves to him. So let's put it in a nutshell, everything that we've talked about today. Number one way that God leads us is by the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And he will speak to us. He will speak to us in a voice or in showing something. Like, you know, he showed me that memory of glands, man. And I just, I mean, I laugh at that still today, that he cares about the smallest little thing. But he does. He cares. So he leads us, number one way he leads us is by the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. God won't lead us by fear or by a fleece or by reasoning, or feelings, or emotion, or by the ministry of the prophet alone. 
if it doesn't confirm something that God is already telling us in our heart, then we just need to set it up and wait it out. Because there's never any pressure in things like following him. There's not pressure to have to move right now or change right now or, or change what we're doing. No, if it, if it doesn't agree with our spirit, then we just set it up and see. We wait. We let God bring further information, right? And then some ways that God may lead an angel or a vision or a dream, but these are fairly rare. We might go our whole life and never be led that way, but we'll always be led by the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. So, and it's just as anointed, it's just as spiritual, it's just as powerful as any other way. And we really need to recognize that because in this day that we live in, God's going to lead us into places where he's just going to say, you know, you should do this. And we want to obey because there are awesome results that happen when we obey. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, why don't you stand with me? If you've never been born again, and maybe you even think, like, I would love for God to lead me. I would love for him to speak to me and to guide me by the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. Well, then you're in the right place at the right time, because today is the day that we are going to pray, and you could invite him into your heart. And so I just want us all to pray together. And uh, if you are praying this prayer for the first time, make sure that you come up and talk to one of us or you go online uh, to our app or to the website and really click the button that says share your story and share with us what happened today. You can also go onto the texting welcome to our number and uh, you can let us know that you were just born again through that way too. All right, why don't we pray together? <clears throat> pray this after me. Say, thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you, Father, that I can have life. A life that's different than I have experienced. But that is your life. Father, I choose you. I don't choose my own way. I choose your way. I ask you to cleanse me from all sin and unrighteousness and fill me with your spirit. I declare that you are my father and I am your child. Thank you for saving me. You know, it's just as simple as that, just a simple little prayer, but it invites him in and everything now has the opportunity to change. All things are new, and all things are of God. So, praise God. Well, we're going to continue next week on this same series, A Spirit-Led Life, and uh, it's going to be great. So, amen. Why don't you say this as we go? What God did in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus far, exceeds far exceeds any damage done to me, damage done to me by Adam's fall. Amen. Amen.